Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Football Annual Podcast 17. We're back for the new season. I'm here with James Rowe, Shaka Simbe and Michael Bell. I'm Michael Statham. We're going to be talking about uh, the unfortunate news of Abeldak Nori, the upcoming European games involving Ajax, Utrecht. We're going to discuss the Eredivisie title race, our early thoughts on PSV, finals and other contenders. And also a nod to the Netherlands women's team that are competing at the moment in Euro 2017. We hope you enjoy this. We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes with what we hope is clearer sound for you as well. And of course, we hope you enjoy this podcast enough to like and subscribe to us on our various platforms. The main news that's happened is the really unfortunate news about Abu Nori. Uh, guys, does any of you want to speak up for, for Appy and I guess give a little testament to him? Yeah, I'm going to speak up first and then I'm going to throw it to James. Um, it's it's um, something that's hard to explain and um, difficult for him and his family. Um, in the match, um, it was just so sudden. One minute he was there playing, and the next he he was down, and it looked like a cramp at the beginning, but it ended up some, being something more serious. And he was obviously highly rated um, within the academy with the way the football community uh, backed him. And one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest uh, tweets that I saw about him was from Ronald DeBoer, who said that when he coached him with the Ajax Academy, he was always the first player out on the, on the training pitch. He was so inquisitive and he was just, he just had this uh, hunger to learn about football and play football. And he was on the brink of making his, um, of having a breakout season this season and just the way that uh, Amsterdam community sh- showed up from outside of his house those pictures um, grasped uh, the world so emotionally because it was this guy that was obviously a large part of the culture and the community and was going to be a big player for Ajax and fans you know you know, fans went outside of his house. There's even a video on Ajax's YouTube of this boy, you know, handing his mother a signed shirt as she cries, and um, his father is weeping. His 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 brother tries to come out of the window to thank everyone, but he he's too emotional to to really do anything. And you know, James obviously living over in the Netherlands would know um, how closely knit the Amsterdam community is with the club and the academy uh, for that to happen. Considering considering uh, Nori's age and the talent he had, there was absolutely no doubt that he would he w- would have gone on to have a, a fine career. I posted on my Twitter feed today a video that was made uh, profiling his highlights from last season where he was crowned player of the year. And when you see some of his passes and when you see the weight of some of those passes and the accuracy, uh, for someone who was only 20, it was quite phenomenal. Um, As Shakup rightly points out, uh, Amsterdam is is also shocked by what happened. The fans who are very passionate 
about all facets of the club and when such a thing happens to, to one of their own, as they call it, they want to show sympathy towards the family, they want to show their respect and, um, and they took the gesture to go to the, uh, to the area where the family lives uh, to pay their respects and to show the family how much they respected Nuri as a young talent, as a young player. It's going to be a long road now. What you see that the the squad has stated that they do have an upcoming match against Nice in the Champions League qualifier, but that seems completely unimportant in relation to what's happened. And then, rightly so, the health of a player is always the most important thing. Um, it's sad news, of course, and it's a long, long road ahead for Nori in many, many ways, but in the short time that he was an Ajax player, especially last season in the Europa League, he made such a positive impression that I, I don't think that um, I don't think he'll be forgotten anytime soon. Yeah, um, just overwhelming feeling of shock. It was like six days ago that the news basically got announced that you know, it was permanent brain damage and I think everyone just around was just numb after reading that and my tributes it's not just in Amsterdam um, really I think the football world has come together especially in the Netherlands and to see you know Feyenoord fans sending tributes uh, you know there's a club that they hate but to see this young young player that's what's happened and you know, they're all coming together PSV players you see their squad players because half these people know um, nearly from you know, one of the Netherlands under 21's camps, like Bergwijn at PSV's, one of his best friends, Jari uh, Sherman at Feyenoord. You know, these guys grew up for the Netherlands squad, and it's, it's really touching to see all the tributes. And, you know, it's heartbreaking for it's, you know, um, his family getting surrounded and his dad coming out of the car. You know, it's really hard to watch, and it's, it's going to be a difficult game to watch as well. The first home game at the Johan Cruyff Stadium, I think it's going to be very emotional night for everyone involved at the club um, I think it's going to be a, a very emotional season as well I can see it being one long tribute the whole season is going to be based on there and I think um, I hope the fans come together and keep his memory going out support his family and um, you know, just lend the support throughout the season I hope the Ajax and Feyenoord fans and PSV fans all come together and help out in any way that they can Um yeah, you know, as the website we've been following Nuri since I saw him really at the under 17 Euros when everyone's reached the final before getting beat by England. Um, he was a special talent then when he was only 15, 16. He was destined for the greatness. You know, this was going to be possibly his breakout year um, into the first team. Um, he has been tipped for, you know, everyone's going forward. And it's just a massive shock. It certainly puts things to perspective. Um, I remember when I was a bit younger and as an Aston Villa fan, Stylian Petrov uh, suffered with leukaemia and it just it affected so many fans, um, you know, writers, journalists and everyone alike. It was it was just big news and it sounded like that at the time that, that Stylian wasn't going to recover, um, much like Happy, but fortunately uh, Stylian gone to recover and... He's, he's, a, he's well now, um, but it, yeah, it, it certainly does uh, put things to perspective for the club and the players. And how, how can they turn this? Can they turn it into something positive for when they look ahead to the game against Nice? Can they use this energy? 
you could see the photos and the images and the even after the the after it all happened, Ajax had to cancel the next few preseason games and the photos coming out of the Ajax um, Twitter page and the Ajax website, the whole squad looked glum, the, the heads uh, were down, uh, shoulders shrugged and um, of course it will be that way because he, Anuri was a massive part of that dressing room and Everybody that was there loved him a lot, and you know, someone like Vanderbeek, who was meant to go on to have a good season, that was his best friend, and they had been together for a long time. So it's going to be it's hard for footballers to emotionally process things because they are people too, especially in a year where, we, where we've seen the Borussia Dortmund thing happen too. So it's uh, it's all about. Um, you know um, how the they process this the next few weeks and um, but it's 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 not gonna be it's not gonna be simple for them because it's a very young squad and you know the the types the likes of Delict and Clivert probably looked up to him and were having dinner with him a, a few weeks a few weeks a few days before it happened and you know the De Jongs and the and the and Vanderbeek's were close with him, and it's just it is is just um, heart wrenching to as they would understand to have such a young talent described as the most gifted talent of of the Ajax Academy robbed of his career very cruelly, and it's hit them hard emotionally. And you know, Marcel Kaiser also just coach also coached him last year and. He would also be feeling bad because he coached Nuri through a great season last year, and he would feel closer to him than any other manager. So um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a real talking point to see how they sort of develop and sort of get through this. I think the whole Ajax Stadium, um, when they do play in front of. You know, it's how the players are going to deal with you know the emotions of that night. You know the the ZX, um, he he was very close to Nuri's and um, uh, he treated him like a brother. So I mean, how are these players going to react when you step onto the pitch and the, the fans are just going to be you know totally chanting Nuri's name for probably for the whole ninety minutes and you know it's going to be an emotional night and it's how. The experienced players get them through that. How the the hunters, the the shrewdness, you know, the developments, you know, try and get the players focused on a night that you know nobody wants at the moment. Nobody wants the season to start next week. Um, you know, people want still to get over the grief and um of what's happened to Nuri. But you know, this is such an important match for Ajax this season. It couldn't probably come at a worse time. Yeah, it is certainly important. Um. And and as an opponent like Nice, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Out of the the, the opponents they could have drawn, um, the French side probably one of the strongest they could have pulled out. And if they can beat Nice over two legs, they will face one more qualifier before a Champions League group stage. What do you guys think for Ajax's hopes of reaching the Europa League group stage or a Champions League group stage? I will be at the um, the second leg. 
at home to Nice, and as you rightly say, it will be um, will be a difficult night. Will be a night where you it won't feel like a, a qualifier or no. feel like a, a tribute to a young player, as uh, as Shaka rightly pointed out, who's robbed of his career and his wonderful talents. Um, I think Nice is going to be very very difficult indeed. Uh, not just because. Um, uh, they finished third in the, in the French League last season. They brought Christo, uh, Christophe Chalet from uh, Lyon, who's an extremely dependable defender. Uh, it was the toughest draw they could have got, but you would hope they would be able to make, uh, I was going to say, use of home advantage, but I don't feel that the match and the spectacle is going to feel like a, uh, a game where it's going to be... Um, High tempoed and and end to end, it's going to feel it's going to feel like the Ajax supporters will rightly feel that they want to honour that young player and make their voices heard, and and the football will, will maybe come after that. But um, um, I think it's going to be very difficult over two legs. I, naturally, I hope that uh, Ajax do well living in the city, but I I just think at the minute, and especially with the experience of Lucien Favre, not that Marcel Kaiser doesn't have experience because he does. But I, I think with Lucien Favre uh, as well and his time at Mönchengladbach, um, I can see Nice pushing on just that a little bit more and I think that over two legs, Nice may well go through. Yeah, yeah as James Riley pointed out, Lucien Favre, he's a manager that was uh, pinpointed for the Bayern Munich job um, as a replacement or a uh, um, successor to Pep Guardiola before you know he had a bad season where he lost the first five games at Borussia Mönchengladbach and quit. He's turned Nice's fortunes around um, very quickly. He can play. He plays. A, he can play a system with three at the back. He's very tactically able. Um, and they've also got a few good players that they've kept from last season, like Vincent Carziello, uh, uh, um Valentin Aesthetic and they finished in the it's no um it's no it's, it's no surprise that, that they are where they are after playing the way they did last year. They still have they still have Jean Michael Seri who is one of the most sought out after players in the French market. And um I think it it will be it will be a difficult game for Ajax and the preparation hasn't been uh, great for them, especially under a new manager who's um, and the players that they've lost are, you know, Klaassen and um, not not having Bertrand Traore return for the season and uh, just having players like players squad players stripped from them like the Tetters and the Riedervolts, so. Um, it's going to be a difficult game for Ajax. Uh, I think the home the home leg is they is winnable for them. Dutch teams in Europe are always quite good at home. It's away that's always the problem. And uh, I, I I I just hope that they can do more in the home game than they did against Rostov last year. Sorry, Chaka. Um. It, relating to what you're saying there about uh, Ajax and losing a few players, uh, we had a question from Cam, and he says that there's been an exodus at the club. So is there a cause for concern, um, or do they have more faith in the youth players that you know th- than we think? Um, I think this sort of exodus 
uh, thing is being, you know, it's 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 being um, blown up into something that yeah. it really isn't. Um, of course, Klaassen's left and Tete and Riedewald have left, but Tete and Riedewald weren't main first-team players. Um, Riedewald l- lost his spot in the pecking order to Delect, who probably partner... Um, will probably partner Davidson Sanchez in defense. I think if they, if you know you you would start really worrying if they lost Nick Verhever, who's getting interest from German sides. If they sold him on, um, it would be a worry because he's a massive player, especially in covering a centre back role and a left sided um, a left uh, left back role. And given the fact that they have no natural fullbacks and Richard Siano Haps has just been taken off the market by Feyenoord. It means they're going to have to start, if they lose Fairhaven, it puts them in a real bind. We're leaving, you know, Danny Sinkraven, who's been moved from um, midfield to fullback by Peter Boss, and who isn't a natural fullback as the only left fullback. So I think it's been this whole exodus thing is blown out of proportion because they've shedded players that uh, weren't necessarily in the first team that have had the spots taken by younger players who have done more to impress the coaching staff. They've still got Van Der Beek, they've still got Frankie De Jong, they've still got Carol Eating, they've still got Kasper Dolberg, now they've got backup for him in Klaus-Jan Huntela. Um, Justin Cliver will make a step up. They've still got David Neres. If they lose Armin Yunus, that would be a problem. But Cliver can play both on the right and left, and it it gives Vaclav Cherny a um a bit more room to step up on the on the right flank. And you know they've still got players in the academy uh, like Zeefurt, who is uh, who James is a major fan of, to step up a right back behind Veltman who they haven't lost and who it's rumored that he will sign a new contract. You know, the money, Klaus Summer, like Klaassen was expected to leave in this window and to sell him for such a good fee to Everton um, was a massive coup and it was great for all involved. So I've, I'm not too worried about it yet, but if if Verheva and Yuna is left, then it would be a massive problem for Ajax and so them looking for the title and um, looking to do better in Europe this season. Yeah, it's been exaggerated, hasn't it? This The players that have gone, um, such as Klaassen, he was almost up for sale because they knew that they could make a profit from him and if he stays longer, they're not, they're not going to get that value the summer after. Tete and Villavold weren't playing anyway um, and it seems that Kaiser perhaps has the same views as Peter Bosch. You know, he's succeeding him. Similar back back background of uh, coaches around him. It's probably not going to change too much of his opinion of the, of the players. Traore's got left on loan. And I think we saw last season players like De Jong and Van der Beek come in and they played exceptionally well. So I don't think there's a cause concern like, like you say, Chaka. And, um, yeah, I think the fact that they said is not for sale puts out that signal that they're happy with what they've got now. There might be another player to come in perhaps, but the point is they're not, they're not selling players um, like what he suggested by the sales of Tete and others. Um, and, and and the fact that they've put confidence in Veltman uh, as, as a right-back. He says he see, sees himself as a right-back. 
Um, he's not the most attacking uh, right back, but he he's he's actually pretty good for the club's level, and he gets a lot of stick from fans. But maybe it's just a scapegoat. And there's there's players such as Sanchez, Dolberg, Anana. They're all staying and they're all key to the team. Um, but James, why do you have such confidence in Zayfalka at right back? Do you think he'll play back up development? Um, well, if I can just um, elaborate on what you both stated about um, people exaggerating uh, the players that have left, I completely agree with you both. Um, I think people that have been um, banging the drum for players leaving and wanting to exaggerate things are completely forgetting that um, they have a manu- Ajax have a manager in charge next season with a very, very young and hungry squad of young players. They finished second behind the champions, Vefefemo, with 76 points. Uh, Marcel Kays is, is basically going to um, carry along in that vein his attitude he had last season being fully aware of what he um, he has at his disposal and um, I can see I can see him quietly going about his business as regards to Seyfalk when I saw him I was at the game where he made his debut against Eden Fane and what struck me was his, as I stated before, his tactical awareness. To come on a pitch and with um, within a, a few minutes be aware of uh, positional play, be aware especially of where his opponents were, the players in front of him and the wing-backs trying to get him behind. Um, I can see him pushing um, for a starting place, maybe not at the expense of Feltman. I think... Um, Kaiser will be aware of his talents and be aware of what he can do and he might shuffle the pack a little bit. There may well also be uh, one or two more additions before the transfer window closes. But um, it, it, there's still a long way to go in the transfer window. There's many, many uh, a merry-go-round still to be played out. So a lot of I was watching a video today about Jürgen Sleppel from Heathen Fane with uh, the rumours of Sam Larson that he didn't turn up for the team photo for the, for the start of the season and Sleppel uh, stated that um, um, they were trying to push him for any potential transfer rumours and he stated well no the transfer market is still open and, and um, we're not the only club going through this you know all clubs until the, the window is slammed shut have to deal with uh, the potential risk that players will leave but I think in the case of Ajax maybe one or two names will uh, will come will co- come in perhaps and I can, I can just see Kaiser building on uh, on what happened last season because I can't understate how much of an achievement it was for that young group of young Ajax to pick up 76 points and finish second behind the champions in, a, in the Europa League with, when, when you have teams like um, Maastricht and um, and names like Fortuna Sittard and then Bosch, these are teams that used to play at the very highest level. Okay, they've fallen on hard times, but um, the fact that a young, a very, very young group can top that and finish second uh, shows uh, shows uh, shows what they can do. Okay, well, there's uh, more European qualifiers apart from Ajax. Uh, of course, finals and Vitesse are already waiting in their respective Champions League and Europa League group stages. Um, but teams just PSV and Utrecht have also got to got, got to get there. Um, and Chaka, you watched the first leg between Valletta from Malta and Utrecht, and it it was a pretty poor game, wasn't it? Um, but in a way, understandably so. There seemed to be a poor pitch. It was hot, and some players were clearly affected by the devastating news of Nori. 
Yeah, um, the crowd was chanting his name in the 34th minute, and it was good to see. And the the pressing and sort of the organization of the defense and the high line was very good, and it showed why Eric Ten Hag is such a good coach. Um, Ayub was getting into the right spaces. Uh, Labiad was driving the ball forward. They were trying to push uh, fullbacks up. And it's just they were getting the right passing sequences, but um, the final ball was lacking. The Mackin Cock, who's the new striker replacing Sebastian Heller, they, he was on a totally different wavelength from the rest of his team. They could not find him with any crosses because he's this tall, big striker. They could not. He, his movement um, to sort of see where the ball was coming was terrible. He would be, there would be crosses to the front post, he would be caught at the back post. And just his supporting player, Gerano Kirk, um, Utrecht, you know, tried this long ball to Mark Hancock to knock down for Kirk time and time again, but Kirk's first touch on this pitch was uh, terrible and they couldn't really get much done. They gave away some good chances um, Utrecht and they created a few chances as they created more chances and they failed to do anything with it. It was a game where you weren't too impressed and the fact that Ayub, who was one of the better players on the day, is leaving um, leaves them in a real situation. But, you know, you, you have confidence that they'll be able to make it through to the next round because they played so well, they've got such a good coach and they've still got some players there and some training to do that, a friendly in the middle of the games. And I'm, I have confidence that they they can really get the job done at home. If I can elaborate on what Shaka said, looking at the match tomorrow night, the thing that strikes me is uh, not that we plug betting on our podcast, and we don't. It's just an observation I had. If you look at the um, if you look at the odds for a draw, it's eight to one, and for Falletta to win, it's fifteen to one. The Utrecht uh, should be far, far too strong for Valletta. It Should be. And they will most probably win. But the home advantage that they would have had in their own stadium, they're not going to have tomorrow because the game is going to be played in Wild Lake, which is two hours and 42... Um, uh, I think it's two hours on a train and the exact mile mileage, is, I think, is 43 miles, I think. So 43 miles from Utrecht to Wild Lake. So it's not really going to feel like a home game. So um, I think... Um, I don't think they're going to struggle, but the the home advantage that may well see a team through in the second leg isn't going to be there tomorrow. So I hope they remain uh, they remain professional and realise the job needs to be done because uh, um, if they do go through, they'll face a tougher opponent. But with the um, qualities that Ten Hag has and and hopefully from identifying um, players to come in, Emmanuelson has also signed, which is. Uh, someone with a lot of experience that if they do manage to get through that they can push on a little bit and, uh, and fill the gaps of players that are leaving like Ayub and, uh, and and go on to have as good a season as they had uh, last season. These gaps are getting yeah, bigger um, though in the squad. The the midfield is is looking pretty bare and they've signed some defenders and they've got new strikers in, Mackinac, Dessers. 
Um, but who who's going to play in that midfield now that Ayub, Almrabat and Balazit have all gone? That's a midfield trio. And now they do play in a four. They sometimes have Brahma in, in defence midfield. But there's very few options there now. Yeah, I was going to elaborate on that midfield. It's... It's a big test on uh, Tanag's coaching ability and Tanag's developing of players because we all remember in his first season, the season before, Bart Ramsler talked about not being able to play ninety uh, the full 90 minutes, having cramps and things like that. And then he worked with, um, with Tanag and that completely changed and he played 30-plus uh, games and he played 90 minutes and he made his uh, first... He was called up to the Dutch national team. Now, Tanakh has to sort of uh, rejuvenate these youngsters like Chris David, who was a was a very sought-after youngster at FC20 and moved to Fulham. Fulham did not kick on the... We all, we all, we all remember Bilal Chick from FC20, who scored seven goals as a 16, 17-year-old a few years ago for FC20 um, in the season where they still had Lucas Diagnos and um, Jesus Corona and then he moved to uh, Benfica where he played for the youth team uh, for two years and he was, didn't really get uh, get further there and he's, not, he's been training with Utrecht ever since February and March and they chose to sign him. He came on at the end of the game last week and uh, didn't have enough time to really make make something of that. So, and they've also got Rico Strider, who for, who is from Bayern Munich and uh, played a bit, played here and there under Pep Guardiola. And um, obviously, Ten Hag took him because he knew him. As he was his coach in the Bayern Munich second team, and he's a very calm player on the ball, much better than Vote Brahma on the ball, and very um. um a solid passer and very metronomic and he's someone that had an ACL injury and missed the whole of last season and they'll be glad to have him back so it's just a matter of um, bringing players through the academy uh, sort of having David and Ulchik and trying to sort of make them you know um, find their love for the game again and make them try to be the players that they both were capable of being. Ulchik is still only 19 years old, and he's got a lot of football, and David's got a lot of football ahead of him on his, of, of his career. And if he can get them back up and running, he's not going to get them back up and running against Valletta tomorrow, but at some point in the season, if he can get them back into the players that they are capable of being, then it will be... It will be quite something to watch and it's 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 not just the midfield it's the midfield and the 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 strikers because they've lost Barazit they've lost uh Haller they've lost Zivkovic and you know it's it's adapting to sort of a new a new midfield adapting to a new striker and when you're watching the game last week you could see that that the team was still adapting to each other and they had no problem moving the ball from a defense to midfield, but when it came to moving the ball from defense to attack and those moments where knowing your teammate is really, really important, that's where they struggled. And it'll be interesting to see how they play tomorrow. 
because they can only make so many so many strides in one week and how it would have to Tenag will have to tinker with things to really get something happening tomorrow just to um, elaborate on what you were both saying about the midfield one player which I've, who I think is underrated who will play a part for FC Utrecht in the midfield this season is um, the new signing Sander van der Streek yeah this is uh, um, Sander van der Streek has almost played I think 100 games for Cambu Lewar in, in three seasons and uh, scored around about 30 about 33 goals I think so um, almost one in three um, I think he'll have a good season at Utrecht and I think he'll make a positive in- impact I can see him playing quite often so Sander van, Z- van der Streek is also in um, an option for FC Utrecht in the, in the midfield this season in terms of um, signings Bollendam's um, 18-year-old Joey Veerman is um, supposed to be going into Utrecht as Ives' replacement. Um, he's very highly rated. And they've got a few players coming for the academy as well. There's the, the greatly named Odysseus Villanis, who's been playing a lot during pre-season. Um, I know they love him in Utrecht, and he should make his breakthrough in midfield. So I think Ten Hag does have options just to see if um, his new attack gels. I think that's the main thing, because losing Haller is a big... Big issue for the club, and it's whether Dessers or this Mackey or not can actually score the goals um, that's going to come from midfield. That's a good spot, actually. Um, the younger players may do seem to be coming through, and um, the player from Volendam seems a good option as well. Uh, but it's going to be a young midfield for Utrecht this season. Now, there isn't long to go before the season starts, and teams like Utrecht will be trying to get their players to gel. Um, and this is it's particularly apparent in uh, the title race. So here's a question for you three. Uh, who do you think will win the Eredivisie this season? Very broad question, but if you could perhaps give us a, a quick rundown of the three challengers who are likely and any outsiders and what you think the factors will be. I, I watched PSV versus FC Sun the other day and um, they were good. They played at with much more intensity than they than they had. Um, Schwab looks like he will be an, an integral part of this team. Ismat Marin, Ismat Marin will look to partner him till Derek Lukasen finds his feet. Um, and um, also, they've also made some good signings in Lozano and Van Hink and Van Hinko again on loan. So that that that's very interesting, and although they've lost, uh, they've lost. Um, yeah, they're about to lose Yetro Villains, and uh, they've lost Guardado and Moreno. It's 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 a team where Brands hasn't made a lot of moves, but uh, he sort of made enough moves given the talent that he has coming to the academy, and you've seen Dante Rigo um, and. Um, Pablo Rosario and Sam Lammers sort of step up into the first team. Rigo came on in that FCC on game, and the first thing he did is he receives the ball, he's under pressure, turns, swivels past his players, a little shake of the hips, and then just hits a perfect diagonal pass uh, to the other flank. And he's a player that will get more game time. In the last game they played, um, he... He 
he's a free kick specialist and he, he used the ability to create a goal for Gaston Pereiro. Gaston Pereiro was the top scorer last season, but he was the top scorer last season, but you would be hard-pressed to find a game where you could where you could say, wow, Gaston Pereiro wowed me in this game. He's a player that has everything. He has, he has skill, he has pace, he has this ability to of awareness of where the goal is when he's in the box and just being able to uh, maneuver and just finish and but the thing is Koku has complained about this time and time again he's he's, he, he's there you see his, his magic then 25-30 minutes goes by he's missing and Koku says he needs to you know take um, a more control of games and he's tried to play him in a more central midfield role so they could receive the ball and they've still got Bar Ramsala who's in his second season um Who's looked to have grown? You know, Hendricks. Hendricks it was interesting to see him such a juxtaposition from Guardado because in the preseason games, in the two preseason games I've seen him, he's been kicking lumps out of people, and that's something rare you, that you see in Dutch in Dutch players. Someone that's so eager to get on the physical side of the game. His 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 tackles have been mistimed, but. Is he still um, allows PSV to set a very good tempo, and Locadio is back for a full season, and they've they've got a real striker uh, problem with Lamas, Locadia, and um, Luke De Jong. So that is interesting, and I think they're in better shape and they're more motivated to go after the title this season. Just while it's on topic. Um, oh, go on, Jack. Finish. Yeah, and just. Um, just having the, the, the pieces that I already have, you know, they've also got Steven Bergvine, who started the preseason with two goals. So it's, it's I, I really, I really um, rate them high and we'll get to see them early because they've got a Europa League playoff to play. My point was about, um, relating to what you're saying about the, the Schwab playing with Issa Omaha in, in, in defence. And Lukasen being gradually introduced. Uh, at a point we had the other day was about Device coming into the fold um, after a loan spell at Excelsior. Um, didn't set the world alight, but he he was pretty solid for Excelsior, and he's looking to come in as fourth choice centre back. And I I watched the highlights uh, as it happens against Grasshoppers, um, and there were more squad players introduced, a lot of youth players. Sam Lammers had a good game, um, very confident finish in 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 a three one defeat, but he scored the goal. But I did think that there was an issue in, in, in the centre of, of PSV. Lucasen and Device, obviously new to each other, didn't convince me. Um, particularly Lucasen, a, a few stray passes. Um, a couple of goals were perhaps down to him and Audias not quite covering the right side. And I thought Copeman's in goal um, was perhaps slightly at fault for all three goals conceded. And that's the point that I, I'd like to make there about how Zut... His only backup is Coltman's, and he, he didn't convince me in that game. They've let go of Pasphere, and um, Yoyos has, has again go out on loan to Lola Yesi. Um So I think PSV may be lacking a few options, a few quality options. In my opinion, more still needs to be done in the transfer market for them. But I think Kaku and Balance, they're, they're happy, which concerns me a little. I don't know what you, uh, James and Michael, would want to say about that, or... If they want to give an opinion of Ajax or Feyenoord? Um, 
just on PSV, I'd say my biggest worry for him going forward is the young up front. Um, Cocky's come out and said that he's going to stay the captain. I don't think he's scored a single goal in pre-season so far. He's missed a penalty. Um, his form still looks off from last season. Um, if he starts the season as striker and continues as number one instead of Lammers, then I think PSV are going to have an issue. And on you know, the goalkeeping issues, I think Cocky came out and said, you know, Kipman's had a terrible game. I mean, he's called him out on it. Um, we do have Yannick Van Osh, who's been an Netherlands under-19, under-17 international. He's meant to make a big breakthrough for young PSV. Maybe he'll take the second jersey um, this year. But I totally agree that I think they definitely need a couple more signings. Um, I can see Arias still going as well. So I think a few defensive recruits. I really thought they would go for um, St. Just at Hernvin, um, but he didn't know it. Feyenoord get, get him. Um, you know, players like Amrabat, these are players that PSV could look at. But uh, just backup options for going forward to put a lot of um, faith in the players coming through the academy. I think Kenneth Powell, he might be you know, the backup for left-back. Um, you know, Brand said at the start of the season, they've got, not got a lot of money this season because you know, they missed out on the Champions League. So I think they're going to rely a lot on kids and we'll see how that goes throughout the whole campaign. Yeah, it's weird that they have to rely on kids because at the big, at the end of last season when asked why he wasn't playing the kids, Philip Koku said that this isn't a playground. And now you see sort of, you know, Lamas at Rigo and uh, Rosario being promoted and getting more game time in preseason. And you see Davai, who Koku's tried to use a left back at and who's um, a very different centre-back than most young Dutch players who um, get, will get more game time. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out, but I feel that they've got this brilliant balance between young players and older players, and De Jong may be a prob- is also a problem, and I feel more people should give Lamas a chance, um, especially in, in more games next season. But, uh, and, but I feel that PSV have something, um, especially with, you know, Guardado and um, Moreno, who sort of allowed them to coast through games last season. The, the, the team's going to have to be more, um, more, more, play more of a team, get through these rough patches of the season, these rough patches of games more as a team. And I think that, that will help them a lot this season. To um, to continue on PSV, um, I think it's surprising that uh, Koku um, promoted uh, Rigo Lamas and Rosario. Uh, not for not before time, because we've often spoken on the pod about his what is perceived as lack of willingness to uh, promote young players. I stated quite some time ago, towards the end of the season, that although it was premature, I can see Koku uh, this being his last season in Eindhoven. And I saw a video today of a press conference where he pretty much stated that he's happy with how the squad is and he doesn't perceive any more new names coming in. That can also be quite worrying because if he if he's in the back of his mind, if, if things don't go well or he himself wants to move on, then it, it, it feels like a the, someone gently planning a long goodbye, perhaps. Um, in regards to the question... Of who may well win the Eredivisie the coming season. I think Europe is going to play in a 
going to play a very, very big part with all three clubs potentially having European commitments. Who deals with the um, with the midweek games and the, the weekend games after that in terms of fixtures and away games and, and things like that? Uh, I must say I've been very impressed with the uh, buying policy of finals. I think to buy Haps and to buy Sejust and to add even more quality to a squad which won the league last season. And Yari Schumann is also back from Willem Trey. Uh, there is quality in that squad. They will be able to deal with um, with uh, European commitments. I believe Feyenoord's squad is uh, is, sli- is slightly bigger than, uh, than PSV. I think that will help. And although... Um, We'll probably be asked a question again before the season actually kicks off on August August 11th. My answer to the question is that I can see final winning the title again for a second year in a row. It's, it's my first um, it's my first answer to that question. I totally agree with that actually because um, I think Feyenoord have made five excellent signings and you know, adding Amrabat, adding Dykes, adding Boitis back, keeping Vilhena keeping Jorgensen up front I think um, they're not done as well um, I think what they need is you know, a backup striker I think Kramer will probably end up leaving and who knows you know, the rumours around are Van Persie coming in um, I think the rumours today were that Fenerbahce are signing so back um, and that will free up Van Persie so if Van Persie came in and played like a, a court role from last season final going into the season looking hungry young sharp um, and very strong. They've not really lost. Yeah, they've lost Karsdorp and they've lost Congolo. But I think they've replaced them well with um, young talent. Haps. Um, he's maybe the only one I've got a bit of a question mark over because I championed him at the start of last season. I thought he was excellent at the start of the season for AZ, but then he totally fell off towards the end of the season when or AZ went through a rough patch. Um, but if Van Bronckhorst can get him playing well then that's not an excellent sign and I think they go into the season as, as slight favourites but I think PSV have recruited well Van Hinkle and Lozano I'm very excited about seeing Lozano and Ajax I think you know, it's going to be difficult for them going into the season but they've strengthened one area that I thought was their biggest weakness from last season which was a back up to Dolberg um, and I think Huntelaar will be you know, an excellent player for them for this campaign I think coming off the bench he's going to add so much experience he's going to score um, I can see him scoring 15 plus goals next season. Yeah, I agree with his opinions. Um, however, I'm still on the Ajax camp. I think um, they will continue the quality of play they had last season. Uh, it was very intense, high quality. They haven't lost a lot of players uh, in an attacking sense. They've lost goals from Klaassen, but I think that there'll be more uh, fluidity, perhaps, in midfield now that he's gone and that there'll be a lot more a lot more goals as well, a lot more pressure on Dolberg and Huntelaar to produce the goods. Um, but whether final can keep up, because I think between those two, um, again, actually, it was like last season, um, I think final got enough for the league. Uh, I have a question on Twitter whether they had enough for the European campaign. In my opinion, they lack that little bit of experience, just that extra play, even if it was Dirk Hout staying on another season, to, to lift them through those games in the Champions League, they're massive games and you have to be clever against these bigger teams, the big opposition, especially in the home games. And I just think they'll be missing that a little bit. They've got experienced players like Tornstadler now. Um, they've got Jorgensen up front. They've got Jan van der Heiden, Vatican in defence, but none of them have played the Champions League. Um, and I, I just think they'll be missing that a little bit there. 
in the league, I think they're, they're well equipped and the squad is big enough to cope. Um, you said earlier on about outside the top three. I don't think there's anybody other than them that are really going to challenge. Hmm. Um, I think AZ have got a lot of young talent. But if I was a fan of that club, I'd be a bit worried about how many players are leaving at the moment without yes. any coming in. Um, they seem to be putting a lot of faith in their academy. And yes, they've got five or six players that are very, very talented. Alvin Stengs, Ian, Van Dahl. Um, these players are going to come in next season, but wherever they can you know, take them beyond from what they did last season, I think today they said that Ben Reinstra's leaving, um, Elias Belhassani's leaving. Um, you know, they've only signed one or two players, one's a goalkeeper. Um, so we're looking at what they do in the next couple of weeks to see what kind of season they have. Um, the interesting thing about that is uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were linked with Maher from PSV coming back, and they said no because we have Bel Hassani. Now they're going to let Bel Hassani leave. That might open the door for him coming back, and uh, I think that would be an excellent sign for them. The only other club, Vitesse, um, I think have recruited very well. Tim Mataz coming in, Winston, uh, Bruins, Pasqua. This is out of his experience, plus some of the kids from Chelsea, which is, I think, what they need going forward. Um, to um, continue on Michael's point of Feyenoord uh, in Europe, when you look at the initial uh, seedings for Pot 1, Pot 2, Pot 3 and 4 in the Champions League, it's quite conceivable that Feyenoord could draw uh, a Spartak Moscow, a Basel, a Porto, that kind of group. Uh, that's also a possibility. If that was the, uh, the case, then they have half a chance. If it's uh, a group where they would face Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, Tottenham and, uh, and themselves then things may be a bit more difficult um, to um, to carry on on Michael's point about I said they've invested heavily in their youth development in terms of the um, facility itself and they've invested an awful lot of money so I think in terms of the investment that was made by the club they want to see a fruitful return on that on the pitch and I think they're pushing to put themselves in a position where the players are brought forward to um, to convince themselves that they made the right decision in terms to inve- invest in a new youth facility and, and to uh, put all their eggs in that basket. I've stated before that my jury personally is out as regards to John Van Lebron, and I think uh, this will be the season where um, I think he either throws in the towel or I think he's going to be found out. I think if he... If he'd have won the Kyber Bay Cup last season, I think it may well be a different story. But when you look back to his history as well, even in the days at Arda Den Haag, there was always uh, rumblings behind the scenes and, and, and the pressure which he didn't appear to be able to cope with when he was in charge of Anderlecht. So if, as Michael rightly points out, you know, the, to state that um, a player is going to stay, Belisani, and then to then say oh, he's going to leave now, it seems a little bit... Uh, a little bit strange, but um, I think I said that they're not going to have a very good season. I can't see much from outside the traditional three pushing for a, a title challenge or Europe. But one thing that I would state quite early on is the promoted teams in Fefe Fenlo and Nakapaleda. I personally don't see either problem, either team having a single problem to stay up next season. I think they'll both stay up with uh, with. Um, 
quite some time to spare. I can't see uh, either club being relegated straight back down to the Upper League this coming season. I was thinking about that, that team that could challenge top three and, 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 and finish fourth. And if a team like ours could finish that uh, in fourth, again, uh, when I didn't finish last season, but they, they're always aiming for that position. And if they can, with their current squad next this season, um, it would be a good achievement for Andon Blom and he could earn some of that credibility back. But I, I, I'm a massive doubter of him and think that, yeah, I think he'll get found out, James, like you said. Um, and, and if you look at the run they had to the cup final, it wasn't exactly the trickiest of, uh, of, of cup runs. Plus, the Europa League experience, they scraped through a group that included an Irish team and an Israeli team. They just about finished second. And they got smashed by Leon in the next round. Um, so, yeah, my, my, my doubts are truly in Van der Bom's hands. And I, I just think that the, the, the club needs something fresh to take them forwards. Someone who, who, who actually think I think would know what they're doing. I don't think Van der Bom... Yeah, I don't think my confidence is very low in him, um, shall we say. But, yeah, I, I, in terms of challenges for top three, I think Utrecht are going to be uh, having a bit of a transitional season. Um, Vitesse will be busy with Europe, um, but could challenge. Um, and Helen Vein, I, I think Jürgen Seppel is going to face another tough season, especially when he loses Sam Larson. And uh, Twente, again, have lost players and replaced them with young players. I think you could even see something ridiculous, like a Nak Breda uh, actually challenging up there. I think they've got the squad that's fully capable of, of doing that. Um, I'm not sure about VVV. I think they could have a, a bit of a long season, James. But I'm, I, I have full confidence in Breda to, to push up the table. I can I can understand what you're saying as regards to Fever Fay, but uh, I'm a big fan of Maurice Stein, as the pod well knows. Um, the majority of that cl- uh, squad that won the Europa League has stayed together. Uh, home advantage for, for Venlo is going to be something very, very important. I can't see them uh, pushing for Europe or anything, but I, I think in the case of both Venlo and Breda, I think they'll they won't have any problems staying up. I think uh, in the case of Fenlo with Vito Van Croy, this is the player that scored 13 goals last season and eight assists. I think he's going to continue to enhance his reputation. And I think with a well-grounded manager that they have, who in my opinion is extremely underrated, I think um, I think they could push, uh, possibly push for top ten, perhaps. Okay. Well. Our debate of the WC title races will continue for a, a long while to come, I'm sure, um, before season starts. Uh, I think we should make a final point about how the the, the Netherlands uh, women's uh, side is, is doing in the Euros at the moment. And um, Michael, did you catch the, the first game? Yeah, so, um, so I think they played very well. I think they should have been ahead in the first couple of minutes. And then I think they dominated basically the whole... Whole game, they've got some good, good, good players um, going forward. And my team is the the Mertens. Um, they definitely deserve to win that game, and I, I can see them having a good tournament. Um, and showing the men, you know how it's done really yeah. at the moment. Um, you know they got home advantage, and you know Norway are a good side. They've got good pedigree in the women's game, and uh, it's an excellent win to get off to a great start. And I really hope that they can make the knock around, reach, reach the latter stage, uh, stages of the tournament, and. You know, do the country proud. Do they have a realistic chance of winning that, though? I think with home advantage, they definitely have a chance. 
I mean, their, mm. their next game is against uh, is against Denmark and um, a, a local derby against uh, against Belgium as well. I think um, I think I remember seeing on uh, FIFA Football uh, on the program about a special um, uh, special coverage on the, before the tournament about different. Uh, countries competing and when they had the Netherlands on they were extremely motivated and I think the, the Dutch women as Michael says showing them showing them in how it's done I think there's more transparency and there's more of a coherent approach in the women's game at the moment than the men's game and uh, I think that's that says something they um, they definitely have a chance playing at home but then you've got the nations the, the usual suspects France Germany perhaps even England or Spain so uh, but I would say they definitely have a chance yes that is back up that is back up that is back yeah 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 that is he yeah yeah that is Klaassen goal